KCL or live. With thanks to Fairgreen Shopping Centre Carlo, with a fantastic range of shops, food outlets and a state-of-the-art IMC cinema. See fairgreen.ie. Well, I think in the general scheme of things, the current firefighters uh, strike uh, is certainly something that needs a lot of attention. And um, we're joined on the line now by Aidan Owens. He's the Carlo Fire and Rescue, and he's the coordinating. He's a member of that coordinating committee uh, for the industrial action. He's got 15 years of service. Retained firefighters, yes, they're resuming their industrial action in Carlo and Kilkenny next week. Stations across the two counties had been shut on a rotating basis before the action was halted for talks with the labour courts. But the national campaign will now resume from next Wednesday after 82%, 82 82% of SIP2 members rejected the court's recommendations to solve the dispute over pay and conditions. Aidan says the deal doesn't go far enough. Uh, Aidan Owens, good morning and welcome along to KCLR Live. Top of the morning to you, Brian. How are you keeping? Yeah, very good, thank you. Um, I mean, we, we, we've we talked about this story quite a lot. We sort of gave it a break for a couple of weeks, as I'm sure you guys did with your action when those Labour court discussions were taking place. Um, I'm sure everybody was hoping that we wouldn't need to get back to where we are now, but we are where we are. Why? What happened over the last few weeks with those discussions? Well, to be honest with you, Brian, it's, it's, it's public knowledge. Um, the offer that was that was placed before us was uh, beyond uh, unacceptable. It fell way short of what the negotiating uh, team uh, had hoped for. Um, and very, very quickly following that um, recommendation from the Labour Court, there was instant um, reaction, uh, anger, frustration, and it was almost immediate uh, a total rejection nationwide of the offer for, from the Labour Court um, yeah sh- sh- shocked we, we genuinely thought you know with, with the support from the communities across the country the, some of the local TDs the media especially you know it, it got plenty of attention and we we, we really um, appreciate the support we got we, we, we thought the message got through to them but obviously it didn't and what did they offer? Um, very little to be honest with you, with you, with you Brian. Um, it, it if you if you break it down, it as the saying goes, a high percentage of nothing is still nothing. Do you know what I mean? Mm. It's, it's a very very small pay increase. I think it's for a standard firefighter joining in the fire service. He goes from a retainer of just over eight thousand a year to just over eleven thousand a year. That's unsustainable. It's it's completely unsustainable. Um, again. I refer to the smaller stations, the quieter stations. It, they, the minister got a got a comprehensive report done last, uh, I think it was twenty twenty one by the ND FEM, and everything is in that. It's as clear as day. But obviously, these ministers, the government, the LGMA, they can't. They're not able to interpret the information that's within that document. Like they've had plenty of opportunity to negotiate with with the National Negotiating Committee and SIP2 to come up with something realistic for the retained fire service in this country. And it fell way short of that. And Aidan, as things stand at the moment, have talks uh, completely broken down? Is there still discussions in place? Uh, I, have to, I have to give credit to the negotiating um, uh, committee um, for the country who met with the Minister again this week. Um, it was fingers crossed, I won't lie to you, um, mine being one of them, because I, I genuinely expected after, after, like it was common knowledge that it, that it was going to be rejected, even though we followed all the policies and procedures, we done due diligence, we, you know, we didn't just down tools and abandon shop, you know, we gave a further two weeks notice to the, to the LGMA that we were going to recommence the industrial action. 
you know what I mean, there was plenty of scope there for him to come back and with a realistic offer, a te- even a temporary offer, just to get us over this 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 lull, to get everyone back to the negotiating table and wait for the, for, for the I think it's October, December, uh, when the Minister's going to be re-looking at things anyway. But even something just to satisfy us that, look, we're willing to meet us, even meet us halfway, that we could say return back to normal operations, get back to the way we were, and give give the retained fire service something that we can hold on to until we can implement everything correctly in the new year. And we genuinely thought the minister was going to come back with something this week. I genuinely did. The negotiating committee met there. I think it was Wednesday, and the results of that, we we, we got a message that evening said no. It was just a chat. There was no offer. There was no. There's, there's nothing on the table. There's, yeah. there's no, there's nothing to be added. It so, was just, it was just, it was just mind, mind-boggling, really. So as things stand, um, action will resume next Wednesday. Um, what form will that action take this time around? I'm going to be brutally honest with you, Brian. That, from what I understand, that is totally in the hands now of the LGMA and the and, and the government, because I know for a fact that the retained service nationwide are still going to attend life um, threat calls. Um, under what condition I don't know but I know from I can only speak from for, for uh, my own county that we are not prepared to leave our communities unprotected um, but our hands are tied and it's going to fall solely to the LGMA to come back to us We, we as far as I know there, there's a recommendation there I don't think the LGMA are willing to um, accept it um, so as I said we're willing to and we're not looking for a single penny extra we're still going to be getting the pay, pay the same amount of money. Yeah. So it's not about money. It, it, it's, it's going to be with the local local uh, management. And if they can't agree to meet us, have it, it's the negotiating committee that's that's trying to keep the, the train on the tracks. And I have to be clear about that. We're the ones that's coming up with, with the plans. We're the ones that's organising it, ma- maintaining the fire cover for the counties. Yes, we're negotiating with fire service management, but fire service management hands are completely tied because they can't they can't um, vet the call that comes in. There's nobody to vet the call that comes in. Mm. So it's up to us as as the retained fire service. We have to vet the calls. And now that's putting an an unbelievable pressure on our sub officers and stations. So are you suggesting that then from next Wednesday, every call that comes in to, to, to stations affected by this action, there'll be somebody in that station vetting that call to decide whether that's a life-threatening situation or not, and then deciding on the back of that whether or not to respond to those calls? That's my understanding, Brian. Now, I can't I can't be 100% on that because we're still waiting on guidance from SIP2 and the negotiating committee of how... That's a massive responsibility, to, a massive uh, potential risk for any individual to take on. Uh, like probably nobody's better than, than a firefighter to make those calls, but if somebody's on scene somewhere asking for assistance, that's a very risky situation to get into where somebody in a fire station is then assessing that person to decide whether or not that situation is actually life-threatening or not, in that opinion. Is that a different situation to what we had on the last round of action? Um, not necessarily, because the last uh, set of strike action we had, we had um, we had um, opposite, opposite stations going off at particular times in the in twelve hour, twelve hour, twenty four hour um, stages. Mm. The issue, the, the problem is that the management, the fire service management, or chief, or assistant chiefs, and the chief fire officers are not in a position to determine what the life threat call. They're not allowed. 
So that responsibility has gone down to us, to the sub-officers, to the station officers. And as part of the quarter coordinating committee within Carlow Fire Service and my colleagues in the other stations, what we agreed as the, as the coordination committee to help the sub-officers and to help the station officers to give them some bit of um, support is that, look, we won't allow you to make that decision by yourself. The member of the co- coordinating committee will, will go into the station, which is to look at the facts, they'll see what the call is, and then they'll make a decision, is it considered a life threat? Bearing in mind, there will be another station already alerted, and they will be travelling to that call. Now, that's the way it was with the alternating, the alternating calls uh, back on the, the week one or week two of the, the last time. But um, the way it is at the moment, right, it's just it's kind of up in the air at the moment, but we, mm. we are adamant that we're not going to leave the communities unprotected. The problem is that the LGMA just simply will not... My understanding is they're, they're not budging on this. They, they want it kind of their way. They don't understand the implications of of what can happen if if we don't get the resources out there. Okay. I'd known Carlo Firefighter and Rescue um, Coordinating Committee member um, for that industrial action. 15 years of service, but yet faced with a situation whereby next Wednesday, um, unless things change between now and then, um, they'll be back taking industrial action. We'll be staying in touch with that story over the coming days. KCL or Live, with thanks to Fairgreen Shopping Centre Carlo, with a fantastic range of shops, food outlets, and a state of the art IMC cinema. See fairgreen.ie.